0: My name is Jill Coyle, and from years of experience as a divorce attorney, I know for a fact that no one dies from divorce. The experts and I are here to show you how to not only survive but thrive during the most difficult times. Welcome to another episode of No One Dies from Divorce. Today I have Andy Heller with me. Hi, Andy.
1: Jill, great to see you again.
0: Yeah, Andy was on my podcast a few months ago. We um, really enjoyed the conversation and I felt like we had a little bit more to say. So he came back and we're going to be talking about taking the high road. Um, I think that this is a really important subject because obviously our listeners are real people in real time, usually going through a divorce or have just recently been through a divorce. And I feel like your story, your pathway really lends to the, the that person. And um, I felt like, you know, your book and your journey has really um, given you, I guess, the background to help others through divorce. So thanks for being back,
1: Andy. Sure, it's a pleasure.
0: So let me just remind our guests about you. So Andy Heller has struggled through his own divorce. He searched for a practical roadmap to help him, his wife, and his children navigate the emotional, logistical, legal, and financial challenges that come with divorce. Finding nothing to help, Heller began interviewing dozens of divorcing couples, marriage counselors, attorneys, judges, and others who could share light on divorce Divorce's Universal Difficulties. The result, take the high road, a game-changing look at how both parties can choose compassion and cooperation over anger and fear. So with blunt advice, real-world examples, and practical strategies, his book is a well-organized roadmap to a more positive destination. It provides a less-traveled route for navigating divorce that can heal hearts, prepare for future, and most importantly, nurture your children. So Andy, tell a little bit more about like your background and, um, you know, a little bit of your story of getting to this book.
1: Sure. My story is really interesting. And um, so a little bit about me, guys, I've written two books a couple, about 20 years ago on real estate investing. I'm an entrepreneur um, and I swore I would never write another book again. And uh, I'm kind of like that. um, I'm that guy that in every group of friends that people come to for reasonable advice. Okay. Um, I've always figured I'm a, I'm a Dale Carnegie disciple. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty grounded. I'm very compromise oriented. So I'm going through my own divorce and lots of drama as some of these divorces have. And a couple of things about me, a, when I'm stressed, I don't sleep a lot. B um, when I'm stressed, <clears throat> I just start to write. And that's just kind of my own coping mechanism when my, Mom was passing away years ago, Jill. I started to take notes when she was in hospice, and the the notes actually became um, part of the notes became an article that was covered in in five national newspapers in the Mother's Day after she passed. So I'm going through my own divorce, and um, I'm reading lots of other books from attorneys like you, Jill, and um, uh, uh, divorce uh, counselors, and and all these books were good. Okay, and uh, even the worst books, I would get a couple couple nuggets that could help me. So, in one of my co-parenting sessions, the co-parent ca- counselor looked at me and my ex and said, "You guys have a lot of drama here. We you, you could benefit from a therapist." I said, "You know what? Can't hurt." And but I said, "I I specifically want a therapist who's dealt with divorced men." Okay, so I found this amazing lady and. So Jill, I cannot count how many times over the next couple of years I would go into her office, something would happen and I'd say, okay, this is what happened. And I can give you some examples too, Jill. I, this is what happened, but don't worry. I thought it through. I'm a reasonable guy. I'm very compromise oriented, very fair. This is what I'm going to do. And she would listen to me and put it in a whole therapeutic speak. Well, you know, Andy, it's really good that you thought about it, blah, 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 blah. But you're not going to do that. You're going to do the opposite. And here's why. And I would sit and listen as this advice came out of her mouth that was so contrary to what I planned to do. Mm-hmm. And then even if I push back a little bit by the end of the session, I'm like, holy smokes, she's right. And I was completely wrong. So the, my takeaway point, Jill, was I'm a pretty reasonable guy. And I was not conscious of the degree that I was emotionally compromised during these peak months and years. And I needed help more help than I realized to make decisions that would be good for me and most importantly, good for my children. Mm -hmm. And so then I looked at my notes. I've read all these different books. I'm like, you know what? There's a gap in the divorce book space. And what I mean by that is, so I am not an accomplished attorney like you. I'm not a licensed therapist or practitioner in the space. I'm just a guy who had a challenge in divorce. And land in a place where I'm able to co-parent effectively. I did some things really well, some things horribly wrong, some things kind of okay. And my book is again what I am as a businessman guys, I'm a, I'm I've organized and I've I've run good successful businesses. My role in writing this book is is to I interviewed all these competent professionals and I compiled their counsel into one manual of best practices for getting through your own divorce. And I'm not an attorney, so I don't lean towards an attorney's perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm not a co- I'm not a, a a therapist, I don't lean towards a therapist perspective. I'm a businessman. And the last thing I did that's really unique is that I injected some business advice on how to deal in with high conflict business situations bringing that that counsel into uh, managing through divorce and co-parenting effectively. And this is where I bounce this off of attorneys like yourself and, um, and, uh, counselors. So even though my book is kind of just out there, I'm really humbled by the reviews from the therapy community, from, from attorneys that it's, they say it's, it's, it's really something unique and, you know, and also guys, this is not my field. I'm not, a um, I'm, uh, I, I've got, other uh, other businesses. This is something I've just done. Honestly, I know it sounds corny, but I'm trying to get back a little bit and pay it forward. So that's my story, Jill.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love that too, because, you know, a lot of people, especially, uh, well, okay, divorce attorneys. Um, I, I, I've decided that there's two kinds of people that do this profession, either people like me who really um, appreciate the art of it um, and the you know, the day-to-day grind of helping people through the worst times of their life. Mm-hmm. And then there's the attorneys that could give her a flip. They don't care, but they just want to make money. And you want to be very, very careful when you're looking for an attorney that you're not finding that attorney. You really need to find an attorney that wants to do family law because that that's their passion. You'll see a very, very stark difference. Um, But but when you look at like how to offer empathy for somebody going through a divorce it really has to go to another level of understanding exactly what they've gone through and i feel like my book um you know added that little level because everybody knows in year 4 of my marriage my husband left me and we were drafting up divorce paperwork i mean i i was very almost divorced um we got back together and a lot of therapy a lot of work um, and it's not perfect by any means, but um, but it has allowed me to get to that next level of really understanding the pain, the heartache, the anger, which really leads me to help more people through this process. Um, that's why I loved your book. I love what you're doing because you get it. And I think it's one of those little elective clubs that unless you've been in... You just don't get it kind of like breast cancer or a miscarriage. Like you just don't really understand it. You really can't lead that, you know, empathy, empathy track without living it. And, um, and that's exactly what I got from you is that I felt in everything in your book, what you're doing is that you get it and you get, and you were at that point where it just wasn't easy just like just like when my husband left me I was so angry I just wanted to hurt him and I'm the divorce attorney who knew that that was the exactly opposite of thing I should be doing right yeah so so I really I really appreciated that about what you are bringing because we do need more people like you that can get to that vulnerable level and say I was wrong or I was not doing this correctly and let me help you not make the same mistakes as I do. So I really appreciate that. And um, and I felt that in Thank your you, book and what you are trying to accomplish. The other thing I love about what you're doing, and I I talk a little bit about this. I have coaches and I have therapists on my, my pockets all the time. And they are so very important in their place. Attorneys are so very important in their place. But sometimes divorce takes like a community, right? It takes more than just your attorney, more than just your therapist. And so um, I love that you come in the space of, like you said, I'm not any of those people. Um, I'm something different. And I can, you know, give you that more like real person, I lived it kind of perspective. So um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is divorcing with compassion. Ah, you know, we all laugh. It's like, it's like, what? That's like a Nazi moron. Like, how can you have divorce and compassion in the same thing? Because it usually can't coincide. So talk a little bit about that. What does it mean? And how did you get to a place where you could recognize that that was really a very important factor in your divorce?
1: Well, before I answer a question, I'm going to address actually a misconception. When you take the title of my book, Take the High Road, Divorce with Compassion for Yourself and Your Family, mm-hmm. the I think the gut, and I got this from earlier podcasts that I've done and comments from some early readers that, well, the, when I first picked up your book, I thought I'd be like, well, how to give away the farm. And it's actually <laughs> the opposite. And you'll, you'll affirm this since you're an attorney. Um, there is a relationship between conflict points. and and financial, as well as emotional costs. Very basically, everybody, the fewer conflict points, the more money you're going to save, the better on your own emotional health. So it's actually the opposite. Um, If you can find fewer things to fight about, and it's going to actually save you money. So um, it's not easy, though. Like, I I love what you said, that you found that even though you are a trained attorney, and you, part of your job is to get your clients to put their anger and their hurt on the side while they focus on the on on getting a, a, a fair MSA done. Um, you yourself found that challenging, so it's really not easy, guys. The the and my, my book gives a lot of uh, strategies for how to do that. I'll give you a simple one right now. You 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 just have to pretend that you are your spouse and your spouse is you and how would you want to be treated in the situation that is being developed uh that you're dealing with and try to make your decisions and your action steps around that that's the best answer i can give you and that is the um the best answer i can give in a couple minutes Uh, yeah there's strategies and there's far more complex situations but um You know, and that that's really going to run counter to how you might be feeling. And I I will I will concede that it's not easy because you're at a time when your emotions are 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 heightened and you're not making the best decisions of your life because you're you're emotionally compromised. And now you're like, well, I got to pretend that I treat her. I treat him the way I want to be treated. And that's not easy. But Mm -hmm. um, again, if you can do this, it's going to save you uh, money and save you stress. So, you know, I mean, probably this is, I'll I'll give you kind of a a simple example, and I bet this is consistent with some of your advice, is you got to, when you go to an attorney, it's your responsibility to go to an attorney with two or three primary goals. Okay, and compromise everywhere else. And if you can do that, a you're going to make it you make the attorney's job so much easier because you're going to be focused. That's a big word. He or she can focus on your two or three primary goals, and everything else. All right, just give it to him. Just give it to her. Compromise. Okay, right. and 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 that's going to reduce the the, the stress points on your life to those two or three things that are really important to you. It's also a very healthy exercise because many people go into an attorney's office the first time and they're just, they're like in the middle of a tsunami Mm -hmm. And, and and to be, to force yourself to write down two or three of the objectives that you have, what you want to get on the, on the back end of your divorce, that's going to be great for you. And also it's going to help your attorney focus and in the end, save you money
0: in the first in my first initial consultation that i ask with every single client i ask what are your goals and usually they're very they usually know like their top like i want this this And, um, and then when we get in the minutia of the divorce, all of a sudden everything else becomes big and I will return them back to their main goals and suggest that these are what we're focused on. So I have an exercise that will really help you. If you guys are going, if you're getting ready for a divorce, I want you to sit down and I want you to write every issue big or small that you can think of from this divorce happening. So just write it down. If you can only think four, that's okay. If you can think 15, I need you to write it down from everything that you feel like there's going to be an issue with your kids, with your, you know, jobs, whatever. I want you to just write them all down. And then I want you to do, you know, something that like my kids do in elementary is I want you to then rate it in um, you know, from 1 to however many issues you have. From one being the most important down to whatever is the last, and you can do this even if you like say, okay, this issue is six, and then you get down and you're like, oh, this is really six issue. We'll push that, you know, number six down to seven, and it might take you a little bit of time to do it, but eventually you're going to rank your most important things. And then my clients, I say, see these top three things; those matter, and those are worth fighting for. The rest is all negotiable. And, and then we also look at your top three goals and we think, are they even realistic? Mm-hmm. Cause some people come in and they're like, I want full custody. I don't want my ecstasy. Any of my, his kids, he's abusive. He's blah, 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 blah. I use the word he, it could be the opposite, but I said, you know, we have to then set these realistic expectations. So that's something that you could do right now to get exactly where Andy is talking about to really understand what you're doing. I do want to correct one thing, Andy. You said that the remainder of the list, just give it to her because it's not going to matter as much. No, 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 no. I don't suggest that. One of the biggest things I see in men is they're like, oh, just give her all this stuff in the house. Just give it to her. I'm like, no. No. We're an equitable divided state in Utah, you will get half, and we will split it accordingly to half because buying all new stuff is expensive. And I don't want to hear you complaining about it, whether yeah. you want to sell it or not. So, so everything's negotiable, but at the end of the day, that teapot's not going to seem as important when we're really focusing on what is important. So,
1: yeah, I I, I I probably misconstrued when I say give it to him, give it to her. What I was really saying is closer to what, what Jill said is that, um, you've got to. These other items, they should be five to ten minutes of an attorney's time per. And if you end up spending uh, like if you end up spending more than 10 or 15 minutes talking about a China set from your wedding, you just bought yourself a new China set. Yeah. So focus it the, the big picture here is that forcing yourself to focus on the two three or things that are are vital like I want to be an involved father, all right? Um, Maybe I wasn't as involved father before. I took it for granted. I'm going to change my schedule. I'm going to I'm going to do A, B, C, and D. Okay. Um, then then arm your attorney with that that as a primary goal. Okay. Um, so I, I don't want to ever have to be in a situation if he meets another partner where I have to uproot, uproot myself. Geography can be a big one. Okay. Mm-hmm that can be a primary goal. These are examples of of items that are worth an attorney's time and that are that are really what I would call a key goal. They're important. They're going to affect your life post divorce. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So, yeah. I don't mean give everything away, but I do mean
0: <laughs> I knew that that's what you, you, gotta you gotta meant. Compromise. I just wanted to
1: Yeah, you've got to compromise and you don't want to spend a lot of time on anything other than your support. Yeah.
0: yeah. I absolutely agree yeah. with that that's why the next thing that we are going to kind of talk about is divorce structure strategy and goals um a couple things with this is that um I have stopped rushing into mediation quickly mm-hmm. um we're a high asset high network net worth firm so we have more contentious cases and what I found is is that we would always try to rush into mediation because you know some of them were successful. But usually, if you go into um, mediation too early, without knowing all of the information, and or being emotionally ready to settle, Mm -hmm. you're not going to settle and you end up wasting a lot of time, a lot of money on that mediation day. So um, I don't like to rush into mediation. I like to settle into the divorce. make sure you have all of your information that you feel comfortable about. And then I like to see that you have emotionally come to um, you know, more of a better place of grounding of accepting the divorce and then getting past that anger stage so that we really can move towards settlement, good settlements. And, and so when we're talking about structure of a divorce, there is kind of a pathway of really being successful and getting to the place you need to be. But the first thing is, is really understanding your goals. And we just talked about that, um, your strategy, your attorney can kind of help you with their strategy. And then your structure is really like how you're going to set your life to be able to emotionally handle this. Um, so I kind of wanted to just know your thoughts, like what, what do you feel from, you know, the. The person that has lived it, um, how these things helped you and what maybe what you did to really um, to really help you in settling your divorce.
1: Yeah. And this I'm going to actually uh, um, and I wouldn't have said this at the time, but now I can in the rearview mirror. I mean, kudos to my ex-wife, because uh, in her world, um, <clears throat> she witnessed a, a, the type of divorce nobody wants to see. The, um, the husband was having an affair and he comes home that becomes to light. And within 24 hours, he kicks out the three children. Um, And so there's three children and the mom, sorry, kicks out the mom and the three children and they're forced to look for a place to live and their lives are uprooted all in 24 hours. And then they've been putting the pieces together ever since. So that's not what you want to do. So, uh, and again, uh, sometimes some of the things I'm going to suggest are not financially viable. But I will also say, and I talk about this in the book, that you'd be surprised how many things are available to you um, through family court um, and through discounts um, if you know where to look. In the book, I give some suggestions. So um, involve in a co-parent counselor. That's a great, great suggestion. Um, This is somebody who has the children's needs paramount while you and your ex go through your worst high conflict points and hopefully land at a place where you can co-parent effectively. That co-parent counselor will help you make the decisions that your, your children's lives are not going to pause for three or four years until your feelings become less toxic and you got to manage your lives. Yep. And how you do it during that time, it's going to affect the type of adults they, that they become. Number two, if you can get your children in therapy, a child therapist and there are different types of child therapy because again, this child therapist, you'll be dealing with a lot of your own stuff. The child therapists are going to help communicate with the parents like, hey, I'm hearing this from little Johnny or this from little Susie, and we need to make sure that, that, that these needs are covered. Um, yep. I'm a big believer in having your own support, be it, um, be it a therapist and or podcasts like Jill's or um, key books, or even a divorce coach uh, to help you land in, in, in that right place. Um, uh, so these are some really great suggestions, um, and then the laws uh, are are different in every state, but for the most part, um, I've seen, um, divorce agreements where the parenting components are sprinkled in. Um, if, if, um, if you don't have a state that requires a certain type of a structure, I'm a big believer in an actual parenting plan worked on with a parenting coordinator that becomes part of your divorce. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And the last tidbit I would leave you with is that I would look at your divorce as a marathon and not a sprint. I talk about this a lot in the book. Don't focus on what you're going to get day one, focus on the type of life. And you mentioned this in the question, the life you want to see yourself living, but one or two years down the road. And I'll give you a quick example about what I mean by that. So let's take a, an involved father, but in his business, he traveled. Okay. So the, so the involved dad, one of 50% custody yet recognize, okay, Hey, my kids, they're used to being alone with mom. Being alone with dad is a new phenomenon for them.
0: And mm-hmm. they're
1: younger. They might need an adjustment period. And I might need an adjustment period to structure my business travel around our 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 custodial calendar. So in this example, the divorced dad started with about uh 25% custody and over 18 months uh and again it was nothing was set in stone. So for example, it was at at month number 3 no later than month number 6 as long as the the feedback from the cope from the children's therapist was good, the the dad's custodial time would go from 25% to 35%. Then again, from month nine, no later than month 12, it would go to 40%. No late From month 12, no later than month 18, it would go to 50%. Mm-hmm. And this, was, this had everybody's best interest in mind, particularly starting with the children. It gave them time to adjust. And the father, it gave him time to make uh, adjust. And again, we're talking about, you know, sometimes it might not, you know, that divorced dad might be angry, might not be feeling compassion for his ex, but you know what? Um She's going to need, it's going to be tough on her getting used to not seeing her kids for a period of time. Okay. Mm-hmm. She never had to deal with that. So this is a great example of looking at um, what you're looking to, to achieve as a marathon and not a sprint. And that hopefully can, empower your attorney to come up with a more, uh, um, uh, uh, win, 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 uh, um, divorce arrangement.
0: Right. Absolutely. And one of the things that, um, is really important, especially if you are divorcing with children is that understanding that, um, this is bigger than you. And, um, you know, if you can get to the place, no matter how Crappy your ex is to recognize that you both want what's best for your kids. And a lot of times that is looked at very, very differently. Obviously, moms and dads look at different roles within the marriage in the way that they raise the kids. A lot of times we have different parenting styles. And so when you're divorced, it really becomes sometimes, you know, discombobulated. And we we struggle to think that they are doing what's you know, we think is best for the kids. But you have to remember, like it doesn't like that cope that is the same parent that was in the marriage. You're just not there, you know, whether to nitpick it or or to, you know, change it into whatever you wanted. So um and it doesn't make the other person bad um just because they don't parent the way you do. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I always say too is that parents kids relate to parents differently. And so a lot of times you think, Oh, your kids, you know, my kids are close to me. They need me, but they relate to their, you know, say their dad in a different way. Um, my kids, um, and my, they need me in a very different way than they need my, their dad. And, um, and so in a divorce, you know, yeah, they're going to get those needs met still just at different times. And they're both equally important. They're just very, very different. And so, you know, you have to remember that, like, this isn't about you anymore. This is about your kids and you need to recognize that they need both mom, they need both dad. Um, You know, I'm not saying that necessarily an equal parent time is the best always. Um, But, but, Definitely quality time with both parents is the goal and should be the goal. Um, and so, so yeah, working through that. And by doing that, you help your children through divorce. I wrote a chapter in my book about how your, your kids are going to be okay. They're resilient in what they have to go through. You know, they deal with hard things every day. They're going to be okay. But what they need is two functioning parents that are emotionally available to them because their parents have dealt with the emotion. And so many times, you know, we've got these parents going through these really hard traumatic things and they just don't want to deal with it. If you're not dealing with your own emotion, your own trauma, you're definitely not going to be able to be there for your kids when they're going through it or when they need to talk to you about it. So that's really, really important. What would you say are some action steps that you, you know, through your divorce could take to really help your children?
1: Oh, well, that uh, probably that's about half my book. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, Let me actually answer it in a a very interesting way. So in all these interviews I did with divorced couples, and I interviewed couples at at different stages during the heat of the divorce is like, well, she's not doing this. She's not doing that. He's not doing, doing this. He's not doing that. Well, you—if you read in my book, everybody, you'll notice something very interesting. The book focuses on unilateral steps that you and only you can take because you cannot control him, you cannot control her. All right. So, um, and that's a big realization the divorcee needs to come up with that I can only control what I'm going to do. Okay. True. Examples of uh, uh, so now circling back to your question. Um, never, ever, ever criticize your ex in front of your children. And if, 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 uh, if the, if the children say, well, mom says this, mom says a dad says that say, you know, guys, that's not how I remember it, but I'm, I'm going to choose not to say anything bad about mom. Um, and let's go ahead and talk about something different. And you can actually say something like that to children at any age. And they'll remember years later when you're an adult, when they're an adult, Man, you know, I just, they're not going to remember particular conversations, but they'll remember, man, dad never talked bad about mom. Mom never said anything bad about dad. Um, And this is really, really uh, uh, helpful. Um, Don't talk about money in front of your children. All right. The
0: worst thing you can do is when you're paying, you know, like you say something like, that's what I'm paying your mom for child support. Like, don't say that. No.
1: Yep. (laughs) Yep, and and you got to understand and recognize what you do, what you don't say, what you do when you don't do. All these actions, words go into the wiring of your children when they're adults, and you mm-hmm. want them to not suffer from your divorce to where they can pick a partner and have a great life uh, when they are adults. Um, you don't want them carrying carrying those scars. Um, another great example is. <clears throat> Um, uh, and this is actually a great story about one of the, one of the, when I decide to write this book, this story, which is a great example. So I talked about it in in the introduction, how I would go into my, my therapist and said, this is what happened, but don't worry. I thought about it. I got my solution. So one great example and, uh, was, uh, we, we were, I asked for a custodial time switch and the answer was No. She asked me for a time switch. I said, I'll get back to you. I met, what, met with my therapist. And I said, you know what? She continues to say no to that are reasonable that she could say yes to. She's now needs something from me. And I'm going to say, ask me, uh, OK, just give me what I want. And I'm going to say yes to yours because they're both reasonable requests. Mm-hmm. My therapist said, no, that's not what you're going to do, Andy. You're going to call her back and you're going to say your request is reasonable. And I'm fine with that. And you're going to say the same thing to any request that she makes that you can accommodate. And you're not going to link them to requests you're making. And I was, but, 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 but no, 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 Andy, this is what you're going to do. Just trust me on this. And and within a couple of years, her, how she handles your requests will change. Well, my therapist was wrong. It took six months. hmm and this is a great example, Jill, of where my instincts were wrong about how I should handle a situation. And it was that example where I, I looked, I said, "Oh my god!" I, got, I looked at my notes. I got an outline for a great book. I realized how um, how off I was with my own decision making, and I'm a reasonable guy. Mm-hmm. And I needed these types of guidance. So this is a great example back to your question of. <clears throat> You 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 got to consider your children's needs, and 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 not your feelings or what you think your ex owes you. What is this request? Is this issue? Whatever's in my children's best interest, I'm just going to say yes to, and 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 sort of like put my blinders on about everything else.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And at the end of the day, you divorce because you don't have to be with your spouse anymore. But if you chose to have kids together, you have a common link, just focus on that. Yeah. Um, and and I always say, like, divorce really brings out the children in adults. (laughs) It (laughs) really does. Like, because this is the time you need to grow up. Like, you need to put your big boy pants on and you need to realize this isn't about you, but it's so hard because you're going through this like big event and you want it to be all about you and. What how life's unfair and blah, 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 blah. But that's not you, you got that's what coaching's for, that's what therapy's for, is to help you realize that this isn't about you anymore. And divorce can be such a beautiful thing because it gives you the platform to become this better version of yourself. And I love that, Andy, because that's exactly what my book says is that divorce doesn't need to be this shameful thing. It doesn't need to be this thing that you are like embarrassed about because now. Andy Heller gets to tell the world, look what I am now. And I would never be this person without this divorce. And because of that, I'm a better human. I'm a better father. I'm a better parent. I'm a better friend. I'm a better person to go into the next relationship with. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important. If we change our perspective and the conversation around what divorce is, it can become a movement to make really powerful change. And they always talk about like, when you have huge traumatic events, you know, a kid gets cancer or dies or, you know, somebody, you have a tragic death in the family or something like that. That is when the people become the most contrite, the most humble, and they're able to see the good in the world and they're able to want to effectuate change. I'm like, oh, why can't we do that in divorce? A lot more people get divorced than these traumatic events, you know, and it's, it's, it's a great group of people because not everybody that gets divorced is bad. In fact, there's many amazing people that get divorced. And so I want, I want that to be our, our mantra. I want divorce to be the, the lead of change and, um, and it could be pretty powerful if we allow that to happen. So, yeah. So the last thing, let's just talk about it. So helping others through divorce, I do it every day and I do different things. I wrote a book about it. Um, I, you know, I empower people to understand that divorce needs to be the time that you stand in your own feet, that you stand up, that you recognize that you're going to have to walk alone and guess what? That's okay. That's actually what you were supposed to be doing in your marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, your happiness is determination from you, not from anybody else, so it's a really great time to, you know, refocus. What do you like? What do you want to do when you grow up? So what would be your kind of final thoughts on helping others through divorce?
1: Oh, uh, well, <laughs> um, I kind of, I'm just going to reiterate what I said earlier. Um, talk about, my, I'll talk about myself for a minute. I'm 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 a strong, I'm a strong guy. I've got a strong will. Um, I'm very focused. I've I've built successful businesses, and I was, I was, I just felt like a human voodoo doll during my own divorce. Probably the smartest thing that I did, and the smartest, the biggest suggestion I can give you all is recognize whether you are a strong person or not as strong. That you need help, and the places I like to suggest to go are exactly you know podcasts like what Jill does good counsel from capable people reasonable people who uh, find some sources of counsel that you trust so great podcasts um two or three good books hopefully mine's one of them mm-hmm. um uh if you really think you need a divorce coach i talk about in my um in my book about um uh, uh seeking out that one Person to be your voice of reason and putting blinders on for everybody else. The the thing about when you announce you want to get divorced, you're going to get advice from everybody and their brother. And a lot Mm -hmm. of that is not going to be good advice. And it's going to be like noise or so much of it. So, what I, I talk about in my book, there's a guy named Hans, and Hans was a reasonable guy. I knew him, entrepreneur, just the nicest guy in the world. And he had just a horrible divorce. I saw him at his worst point. And he landed, he found a lovely woman, um, rebuilt his life. So I knew what this guy had been through and he was my sounding board. He was my Han. So you find a guy like you, your Han. Then the last thing, suggestion I would say is, you know, a therapist is not a bad thing. I mean, I've not been a big user of therapy in my, in my life, even though my sister has her MSW, but I recognize, you know what? You can't hurt, but I did seek out a therapist specifically, who had dealt with divorced men. Um, she was wonderful and she helped me, um, uh, reset where I needed to. Um, she was a really good sounding board. Um, so <clears throat> those are my, 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 my best suggestions. Um, and the last thing is a bit of um, optimism that, uh, you'll, you'll certainly see if you read my book, it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Almost always it gets better. And if you have to Write that sentence, Andy Heller says it will get better, and put it on your mirror so you see it every day when you brush your teeth and comb your hair. I mean, yeah. my own world, Jill. Um, you know, if I said let's take a left, my ex wife would say let's take a right.
0: Oh, I said mm-hmm. up,
1: she said down. We couldn't <laughs> agree on anything years later. Um, I think I have a more, uh, a a better ear from her and we, 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 we co-parent more effectively than when we're married. So, but it wasn't always that way. There was a process we went through and I focused on unilateral steps that I could take as I talk about in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, and eventually it does almost always reach a point where it gets better guys.
0: I love that. So Andy, tell people where they can find you.
1: Sure. Easy that you can get my book pretty much any on any place online. Most people go on Amazon, uh, target.com, uh, barnes and Barnesandoble.com. Um, we have a website, www.takethehighroaddivorce.com. the highroaddivorce.com. Um, I would love to hear from you if I can help some people. I, I and my book helps you. Um it's great. Um, I would say the book, about half of it's about getting through divorce, but the other half is co -parenting effectively after divorce. <laughs> yeah and that 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 can be for many people still a, a, a 10 15 year chore. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, that's how you can reach me and and I hope that um, the counsel that I'm offering can can make it easier for you because some people were there for me.
0: I love that. Take the high road guys. it's so much easier learning these tools right now to get to a place where you can move forward. And we have lots of podcasts regarding dealing with high toxic, um, you know, high conflict opposing parties. And so if that's you, go listen to those, because I know that sometimes you're listening to this, like, how do I take the high road with this? But we've got lots of tips on lots of other podcasts about that. But Andy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Um, Good luck with your book and everything you're doing. I appreciate you in this space and helping others through this trying time.
1: Jill's my pleasure. And thank you for having me as your guest Uh, I'm here anytime you want me back.
0: All right. That's another episode of No One Dies From Divorce. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed, please subscribe, follow, and share. I'd love to hear your questions and feedback. You can contact me at at communityatjillcoyle.com. See you next time. I am an attorney, but I am not your attorney. Any advice given on the podcast is general and shall not be construed as legal advice. For listening to this episode, if you enjoyed, please subscribe, follow, and share. I'd love to hear your questions and feedback. You can contact me at community at See you next time. I am an attorney, but I am not your attorney. Any advice given on the podcast is general and shall not be construed as legal advice.